It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings postcast. The NFC North belongs to the Lions. Four interceptions by Nick Mullins cost the Vikings. Ron Johnson and I break it down on today's postcast. You are Locked On Vikings Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? An early Merry Christmas to you, but not a Christmas gift from the Vikings. They fall 30-24 to at home in a whiteout game, a frustrating loss for Minnesota. The NFC North goes to Detroit. Playoff hopes now uh, with a faint heartbeat going into Week 17. Injuries abound for the Vikings, defensive meltdowns throughout the game, penalties. This will be a tough one to talk about. Ron Johnson and I will attempt to do so on a show that is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Ron Johnson at 3 Ron Johnson on X, and he's at U.S. Bank Stadium as we speak uh ron this is just going to be the year of the turnover isn't it once again turnovers are the buzzword for the vikings four turnovers by nick mullins um countless dangerous throws and in the end they still have a chance and it comes down to a nick mullins heave at the end a wobbly duck intercepted by detroit to end the game he throws for over 400 yards but at the cost of four interceptions turnovers man that's just the story of the season isn't it yeah, and it's it's like a weird uh, numbers thing. I did a numbers thing when you talk about Kirk Cousins. He's number eight, right? Played eight games, threw five interceptions. Mm-hmm. Then you turn around and have Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs both though. Well, originally it was five before when I tweeted it. Now it's six for Nick Mullins. Yeah. Five interceptions in two games. Now the correlation is Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs have both thrown four interceptions in one game. And so when you think about that, the interceptions in one game uh, for both of them, you look at everybody put Josh Dobbs on the hot seat after his four interception game, saying that his leash is going to get shorter against the Raiders. Question is now, how short is Nick Mullins' leash going to be against the Packers? Uh, Lions outgained the Vikings one. 43 to 17 on the ground and therefore their time of possession 38 to 21. I mean, congrats to Detroit. They win the division. This is just a tough team to play against. They run the ball. They convert on third down. They're not necessarily explosive, but their quarterback makes a lot of fun decisions. Their defense is physical. I mean, Detroit felt like far and away the better team overall, Ron. And I think that they're probably deserving of this division title, to be honest. Yeah, and they are the better team. I mean, they played better. Um, the philosophy of Dan uh, Campbell is, is you know, people made a joke about it. Oh, kneecap biting, blah, blah. These guys play for him. Like, you can say whatever you want about his philosophy, about his, his, his verbiage, the things he says. But the team has rallied around him. The guys are playing for him. The one thing, if you look at with this team, uh, that they're going to have to figure out with the Minnesota Vikings is they went in the Bengals game saying they're going to run the ball because the Bengals defense had not done well. With the Lions defense – and the Vikings defense, from a run perspective, were about the same. 92 yards given up per game, first 95. The Lions said, I don't care. We're still going to try to run the ball on you. Where's the Vikings? Eight runs by Ty Chandler. That You have to give him 20 carries. Um, you, you got forced in the third long way too much. You got forced into situations that Nick Mullins is not built for. You see his deep ball accuracy is not there. And the last ball being a duck 
is a microcosm of the whole game of his throws. Like his his throws all game. Some of the ones Justin Jefferson caught for him is just Justin Jefferson made a play. They they weren't great throws. It was Justin Jefferson made a play, and they have to figure it out now. Boy, you, you think about the opportunity that was at hand. The Vikings really were outplayed in the game, but the third and twenty-seven to Justin Jefferson, double covered. And this is what people were upset at Kirk Cousins about, right, last year when they said, well, hey, it's it's fourth and eight in the playoffs. You got to just chuck it up to your best player because he can do stuff like that. And that was Nick Mullins' philosophy. I'm going to live and die with Justin Jefferson in this game. Jefferson made most of those plays. He gets them a first down from jail on third and 27. They work their way down to the 33. Um like so when they take that shot to Jefferson on first down Ron they didn't need to be that aggressive in that situation uh what'd you think of the play calling or um, that might just be on Mullins trying to do too much in that situation you talking about the end of the game uh, end of the game yeah first yeah. down from the 33 so, they didn't need to yeah. do that so yeah I I think I understood what they were trying to get out of it if Nick Mullins is going to make that throw because that was the secondary read if you notice he pumped or not pump, but he kind of had time in the pocket to look and then came back to Justin Jefferson late. If you're going to come back to that throw, it has to be to the end zone. You've got to throw it so he can, on the run, keep running. He underthrew him. Uh, but, again, even K.J. Osborne's deep ball to end the half, I think, uh, was when he got his, it was he had to slow down to catch the ball. Like, Nick Mullins doesn't have the arm strength. Um, he doesn't have the precision downfield. And I think that's the things that people, you know, you could say whatever you want about, you know, the quarterback position, Kirk Cousins, Josh Up. Kirk Cousins has shown us now how good of an arm he has downfield and how accurate he is on those deep balls uh, where Jordan Addison early in the season, those guys are running under the ball, able to keep going. Not today. Like these guys are stopping for balls, constantly running back for balls. The Lions DBs were beat and the throws were underthrown. Yeah, I think all four interceptions were underthrows. But you know the one that bothers me most, Ron, is the trickery throw to Johnny Munt. That's got to be a touchdown. It's got to be a touchdown. And if you do score there on that play, then you need a field goal to win. And then you aren't forcing the ball downfield the way you were. So, I mean, it's obviously butterfly effect. You don't know how the game quite works out if if they do score there. But in theory, if you just convert there and only need three, the Vikings could be talking about a walk-off field goal. But the the underthrows, Ron, you nailed it. That was a problem all day long. He was just a half second late on a lot of those deliveries, and his arm strength is not good enough to make up for that lateness. Yeah, and, and even when you think about there should have been a fifth interception. The Lions dropped one right in the breadbasket yeah. uh, when he's scrambling to his right. So um, that's the key. Like, it, it should have been a five-interception game. The question is, again, how would the Vikings look at it from there? Would they have considered bringing in Jaron Hall, or would it have been Josh Dobbs? And that's the answer now is Kevin O'Connell has, you know, a tough Christmas tomorrow. Um, you know, I know he's going to watch film and hang out with the family, but he's got a tough Christmas to figure out, it, am I going to finish the season out with Nick Mullins and just say, hey, let's just let's keep going? Um, or does he feel like if, you know, you got to look at the Seahawks and some of the other teams, if they lose – uh, do you still go after this? And, you know, which quarterback do you feel like you have the best opportunity to go after it? I, from the start, thought it was Josh Dobbs. But, again, you know, Nick Mullins gave us some things against the Bengals. Maybe Josh Dobbs doesn't have those turnovers and fumbles uh, that Nick Mullins has against the Bengals because they're runs. Some of the runs today that Nick Mullins, like, try to run and scramble and throw, Josh Dobbs probably runs it into the end zone and makes something happen. So that's the difference in the two. Both are going to give you four interceptions in the game. But yeah, I think you I think you get more out of Dobbs personally. 
Yeah, and then you've got the Jaron Hall card yet to play. I think I think Hall was the number two today. Dobbs was listed as the number three, so they've done a total 180 on their, their yeah. quarterback order. Um, and you've got to win the next two. Obviously, you got to finish nine and eight, and and you don't control your own destiny anymore. Is the other problem here for the Vikings? I believe I think because Seattle won, so they have to to sweat that out now. The last two weeks, uh, the Vikings have lost four out of five. And every single one of the losses, Ron, winnable. It's another one-possession loss. Um, the Vikings have lost on the margins this year, not doing enough little things right. And today, penalties played a big role. Now, the Lions did have more penalties before you complain too much about the officials, fans. But the Vikings had eight for 64. I mean, and some critical ones. Ed Ingram, you know, a, a bad, unnecessary roughness call. You had um, some defensive holding calls. Just undisciplined stuff today from the Vikings, a little uncharacteristic. Yeah, I mean, some of the penalties you could say were on the refs. Um, but, yeah, it's the, the 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 false starts, the lining up, you know, illegal formations, uh, the delay of games even, you know, some of that stuff. It's just it's it's it was too many. Uh, and then, like, I mean, the Ed Ingram one, technically, did he have to keep pushing the guy? He's behind the play. Yeah, that's just a dumb play because you're behind the play. So you could say it wasn't egregious. It wasn't, you know, super, like, physical. But it's just like you're behind the play. Why are you pushing the guy? And the refs can't really see exactly how you did it, but they just saw the guy fly across. They know you did it. They're going to throw the flag. So that's just undisciplined. Um, that's just a bad moment. Uh, you know, the game, I think everybody felt like the game had gotten away from the Vikings. And then all of a sudden, they have a chance to come down and score. So I think, and even the players, you know, if we're feeling that, the players are sure feel it too. Like, man, here's another turnover. Here's another fourth, you know, uh, we got to punt the ball. Or, here we, you know, here's another fumble. Here's another sack. Mm-hmm. With all that said, they were still in it. But yeah, the refs, I mean, I think they called it pretty even both ways. Uh, but the Vikings penalties were definitely, you know, shooting themselves in the foot versus just hard-nosed plays. Yeah, um, after this, we'll talk more about Justin Jefferson's day, but also this depleted offense now with some key players out, and you're starting to feel, I think, the absence of some of these guys. That's all coming up as we continue on the Locked on Vikings postcast. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's a great new deal going on at FanDuel, which is the best place to wager for the NFL season. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. And then once you get that $150, can you let Robbie know I'm in here? in there. You can uh, put that on the spreads, the player props, over-unders, and plenty more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Bet the NFL. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, moving on here. Sam Ekstrom, Ron Johnson, part of the Locked On Sports Minnesota crew. You can also get the audio of this show on the Locked On Vikings audio feed. But, Ron, let's just uh, let's glow about Justin Jefferson for a minute. He was vintage. He was tough. He made contested catches. Uh, that's the biggest encouragement from this game is that you know, he is absolutely 100%. And if you forgot that he was the best receiver in the league, he's the best receiver in the league, and he proved it again today with some crazy grabs. Yeah, and I early in the pregame show, you know, we talked about um, who's going to be like the best receiver today, or you know, Justin Jefferson, Amara, St. Brown, Brown. And if you think about Justin Jefferson's last game against the Lions, 227 yards. You think about, I think Ben Lieber had a stat that over the last like six games, he's had like 740 yards in six games against the Lions. So I kind of ran with him and said, I feel like he's going to have a big day, and and he did. And and not only a big day. The thing is, like, he has some silent games where you look up and like, oh, he had 110 yards. 
these are some huge catches, some big spotlight catches. I mean, he took a huge hit um, from uh, Joseph, and he walked away from it. Joseph knocked himself out the game, and Justin Jefferson walked away from it. And so just, you know, to even take that hit dead to the chest. I mean, it was it actually was a legal hit. He hit him dead in the chest. Um, but it was a defensive receiver. And for his, you know, nothing for him to, like, flinch or feel like, you know, his chest. So, yeah, he's 100% for sure. Um, and it was good to see that, you know, he bounced up from that hit and nothing, nothing, no, like, shakiness, no grabbing of the chest. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign for the Vikings, too, heading to, uh, you know, this Packers game. Yeah, Jefferson's just built differently. I mean, we saw it all last year. He takes explosive hits, and yeah. they've never taken him down. In fact, he's bouncing up. He's trash-talking Kirby Joseph, uh, who took the brunt of that hit. Six catches, 141, and a touchdown. I wonder what Jefferson's thinking during the game, because on one hand, your quarterback's throwing it away in some sense, but on the other hand, Jefferson just wants a chance to make grabs. And Mullins... You know, for better or for worse, he gives him a chance, Ron. I mean, this 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 is a, the type of quarterback that is going to get Jefferson yards and give him opportunities to make those plays. Yeah. So the thing about him, he reminds me of, uh, I mean, honestly, T. Higgins with the Bengals. When you look at some of the balls that, uh, you know, the Bengals quarterback was throwing, Jake Browning uh, that threw, threw up and he just said, YOLO, you know, I'm going to give you a chance. You go make the play. Um Honestly, like that one last interception, it was deep over Justin's head. I think Nick Mullins had the same mindset in that throw. He's like, if I just get it up in the air down the field, Justin Jefferson's going to save me. Well, the problem with that one, though, is he wasn't even close to Justin Jefferson. So that's the good and the bad of Nick Mullins. Like, he's going to give the quarter, the receivers a chance, but Justin Jefferson's not Superman. Like, I, I don't know if Shaquille O'Neal would have caught that ball. It was so far and up high. Um, you would have needed maybe LeBron James and a four, you know, and a 22-year-old LeBron James, not this 40-something-year-old or whatever, 39-year-old LeBron James or 40. You would have needed the 22-year-old LeBron James that was 6'8 with a 40-inch vertical because that's how high and far that ball was thrown. Um, but, yeah, Justin Jefferson by far is the best receiver on the planet. Like, the catches he makes, the routes he runs, um, it's subtle head nods and, and shiftiness of the hips that – it doesn't look super flashy, but he may, like he's not Tyreek Hill with his routes because Tyreek Hill is really twitchy. Justin Jefferson is just so smooth and so scary that guys respect every single nod or move he makes because they're like, oh, he's going that way. I got to break it. And they pick wrong every time. And so, yeah, he's just showing how great he really is. And honestly, the fact that he's come back after hit, after hit, after hit, and still doesn't have a contract, the Vikings better back the Brinks truck up because yeah. he's earned it. Um, aside from Jefferson, who looked very good and very healthy, this offense is getting banged up. This team is getting banged up. Uh, Hawkinson out, knee. I mean, that's scary. Yeah. Jordan Addison, ankle out. Makai Blackman left the game. Byron Murphy Jr. missed the game. Harrison Phillips was limping all game. DJ Wanham off with a serious looking knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian O'Neill out as well. That's the short list of key players that you're missing. It's hard to, and, and we get desensitized to it sometimes, right? Because, you know, guys are out. Marcus Davenport didn't even mention him. They are missing so many preferred starters on this team. And that doesn't excuse the, the interceptions necessarily from Mullins. But when you're throwing to Johnny Mutton, CJ Ham in the second half, I mean, that's where you do feel it because you can't go to Justin Jefferson every time. And I think the Vikings were missing their guys today. Yeah. And I think at some point, I don't know if it was a joke, but like Lucky Jackson was on the field. Um, you had like Johnny Munt, Lucky Jackson, and CJ Ham in a bunch with Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne on the other side. It's like, what is going on right now? And so, 
yeah, that's just that's just where this team is. Injury, the, the like the, the thing we've always talked about, and I just heard this today. The San Francisco 49ers, if healthy, are the best team in the world. That's what people say. I'm not saying that. That's what people are saying. But they keep throwing that win healthy because when they came to Minnesota, they weren't healthy. When the Chiefs went to Detroit, they weren't healthy. So it's about health. Like, guys are going to lose games. I just talked to Lomas Brown about this, and Lomas uh, kind of pointed that out as well. You know, like, hey, as long as some, certain guys can stay healthy, you know, you could be the best team in, in the game. And then as you start losing guys – you see what you're getting. And that's what the Vikings are right now. They're a team that if they had all their pieces, I think they're easily a 10 win team. Um, without these pieces, you just see so many holes and so much like, I mean, honestly though, the Kirk cousins piece, like games like this are why you, you could say whatever, 411 yards. Whoa. You know, two touchdowns with four interceptions. That's, that's the big difference. Kirk can give you 400 yards, but he's not going to have four interceptions. And I think that's the big key. Plenty of people in the comments are commenting about how, well, hey, I don't love Kirk, but he isn't going to do that. I mean, based on Kirk's durability until this injury, of course, his reliability, do you think the Vikings are changing their, their minds or their decision-making process based on the volatile quarterback play they've seen these past weeks with him, him out? They have to. Like, you, you have to look at it and say, oh, my goodness, if – if, if you don't understand what is needed and what's necessary from the quarterback position, like this is, I mean, I think uh, the last four teams or something like that, they were saying like Joe Flacco, uh, the Browns, somebody else, it was like four teams, the Vikings are one of them, all have played four different quarterbacks this season. That's crazy. That three teams play four quarterbacks just shows how hard it is to find a guy that you feel comfortable. Like, look at the Jets. It's like a, ring around the posy of quarterbacks like oh you play no you play no okay let's put him back in well let's go with him i mean aaron Rodgers wasn't even a consideration with one leg so that's that yeah the vikings have to rethink their thoughts around kirk cousins because it's not like you're gonna just rub a genie by the way i watched the movie the genie on peacock so if i had a genie i would wish for i don't know if i wish for a healthy kirk cousins or just a quarterback uh, that would be the question that i think fans can answer too like would you if you could rub a genie you get Whatever wish, you get one maybe. Are you going to wish for – well, you get one wish, you're going to wish for money. We know that. But would you wish for a, a healthy Kirk Cousins or just a new, healthy, like, franchise quarterback that you don't know what you're going to get? And that's that's what, what this looks like. And so, yeah, when you know what you have in Kirk Cousins, you got to find a way to lock him down, especially if you want to keep Justin Jefferson happy. Yeah, the Star Tribune reported this week, too, about how well his Achilles rehab is going. He's ahead of pace, maybe even available to take part in OTAs. So a lot to consider for the Vikings, but that's after the season. They still have two games left and a chance at the playoffs. We'll preview the final couple weeks as we move on with the Locked On Vikings postcast. And we are presented by Game Time today. Game time is a great way to get tickets. It is a great experience. It is easy. It is fast. They give you the full price up front. No hidden fees. They give you the view of where you're going to be seated, whether it's a concert, whether it's a sporting event. Uh, they've got last second deals that are the best in the business. Flash deals, zone deals, uh, lowest pl uh, price guaranteed, and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Uh, they've got deals right up to the start of the event, too. Even an hour after it starts, it's the best place to find last-minute deals. Here's what you do. You download the GameTime app. You create an account. Use our code LOCKEDONNFL 
for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL, locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, final segment of the Locked on Vikings postcast. He's Ron Johnson. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Ron and I will be talking more Vikings football, I'm sure, in the Ron Johnson Show. That'll be on Tuesday. And again, uh, no programming on Christmas. Have a happy holiday with your families. Vikings still have football to play, Ron, and they're going to be undermanned. I mean, I'm not sure that DJ Wanham's coming back from that injury. I don't know if, if TJ Hawkinson comes back from a knee injury that he suffered today. He was ruled out awfully fast. That's never a good sign. And Jordan Addison as well. And they've got to beat Green Bay at home. And Green Bay has eyes on the playoffs, too. They beat the Panthers today. They've got the same record as Minnesota. Minnesota, obviously now, has to win out. And they'll need a little bit of help. Um, How do you feel about these final two games now with the Vikings needing to win both? Well, honestly, I think they could beat the Lions. Um, I just don't know if they beat them in Detroit. The other thing, if the Lions, Lions already clinched the North. They've already clinched uh, a playoff spot, so then do the Lions rest. If the Lions rest, that's a big help to the Vikings because maybe a win gets them in. The Seahawks did win, and they went 8-7. and seven. So now the Vikings have to get some losses from other teams. So, of course, you got to beat the Packers. I think they can do it. The Packers, uh, last time I checked, was tied with the Panthers. I don't know how that finished out. Um, but then when you look at the, uh, the, the Lions game, the Lions probably rest knowing, one, they probably have to turn around and play possibly a Vikings team that might be the sixth seed or – they're going to have to play, you know, who could be there. I think the Seahawks could be there at the at that spot or the Rams. And so if they know that's coming, they're probably going to rest their guys for that game. So I think they can win the next two. It's just I just don't know if that's still good enough to get them in the playoffs when two teams now have leapfrogged them because they won. Yeah, so here's what I can, can say from, from what I'm trying to digest here real time. The Vikings are Cowboys fans against the Dolphins. You want the Cowboys to win today. You want the Cowboys to beat Detroit because then Detroit would be locked into the three. If the Cowboys have the tiebreaker and a one-game lead, then Detroit cannot pass them. Detroit would be the three. They would have no incentive to try their hardest against the Vikings in Week 18. So it could work out in Minnesota's favor that Detroit is either playing golf for a quarter, a half, or not at all uh, before their wild card round game. That could work out very well for Minnesota. I, I agree with you, Ron. I think they can beat Detroit if you don't shoot yourself in the foot. Um, but again, there are no guarantees, right, right, with this Vikings team. The way things are, with the injuries, with the mistakes, you just can't write anything in stone. Nothing's going to come easily for this team. So can you grind it out against Green Bay, who's going to be trying very hard next week? And then can you take care of business if indeed Detroit doesn't need to win uh, in Week 18? I've got it at about a 25% chance that the Vikings can win out. Uh, would you go higher or lower? Are you more or less confident than me? I'm less confident. <laughs> I hate to say <laughs> it. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go like 18 to 20% between there. Um, like I said, they can beat the Packers. I just don't know, like even with the Lions, like resting team. Uh, but also we know Dan Campbell loves like to, to, to really stick a fork in people when they're done. And he did it to the Packers last year, knocked them out the playoffs. So maybe that's just, you know, another feather in his cap to keep, you know, keep his own NFC North foes out of it. Because that's another kind of a mental thing going into the playoffs when you know you have to turn around and play the Rams most likely. Yeah, one of my favorite things to watch here in these next couple of weeks 
it's the Brian Flores versus Ben Johnson chess match. As more so than Campbell versus O'Connell, I'm yeah. watching Detroit's OC against RDC. I think round one goes to Ben Johnson. I thought that he had a good yeah. plan. I thought Detroit was efficient. What'd you make of, of sort of Detroit's offense against Minnesota's defense today? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say the biggest thing is the middle of the field. Uh, you know, I, I actually had a play breakdown of the Lions versus the Bears, and all a lot of his interceptions, I think like one or two were in the middle. Most were outbreaking routes. You have to force him to throw that corner route and take the middle away. The Vikings didn't do it today. They gave him way too many middle of the field open plays. Uh, he, he gave him a lot of window dressing with the motions and the shifts to kind of make him think he was going to go one place, and then he would come back to the middle on the second or third, you know, kind of option. So, yeah, I give it to Ben Johnson. He did a good job. And then running the ball, he stuck to it. Like, he, even when it felt like, oh, the Vikings defense is, is stopping the run, he kept running the ball just to, you know, say, hey, look, it's you got you to gotta respect the run, whereas the Lions defense did not have to respect the Vikings running game. The Vikings now have 30 turnovers after they gave four away today against the Lions. Uh, that is one of the worst numbers in the league. They lose by a 30-24 to 24 score. Um, we'll have the postcast on New Year's Eve, Ron. That is going to be another <laughs> jumping atmosphere. Actors and Vikings, playoffs potentially on the line next Sunday, postcast after that one. And, of course, the regular season ending postcast, Week 18, Vikings and Lions. We'll have you covered there. We also do the Wolves postcast, and that's been a lot of fun so far this year as well. Uh, Ron, a very Merry Christmas to you. Uh, give us one thing that you're excited about the next couple of days uh, for your family holiday. Uh, well, Merry Christmas to you as well. I'm excited. Uh, my daughter gets to play. Uh, she's getting called up to the 14U team to play softball. So I'm excited to sit through. It's going to be like a four-game tournament. So that's one of them. Uh, two, honestly, like, you know, I got a chance to chat with CJ Ham and his wife today. I got a chance to talk to Harrison Smith's wife today. Quasi and I talked in the elevator for a little bit. So, and then Lomas Brown, I was going to tell you that. You and I will talk about this, but Lomas Brown, uh, you know, he used to live near my dad. My dad was alive, and so I got his number today. I never had his number. I didn't even realize it, so I got his number today. Uh, so he's probably going to come on the show Tuesday maybe to break down this right. Lions game, the NFC, and then also Randall L. Anton Randall L. and I connected today as well, got his number. Um, so I'm excited. To, you know, I've been having fun catching up with guys I either play with or guys my dad play with, uh, so it's been fun. Very cool. Uh, catch a thorough breakdown of the game with Locked on Vikings and Luke Braun, the host. You can find our audio in the Locked on Vikings feed. He's Ron Johnson at 3RonJohnson on Twitter slash X. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Thank you to all in the comments. Thank you all for watching live and those watching back after the fact. We appreciate it. Vikings fall today. They lose the NFC North. Lions win it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week on the postcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.